We're sisters, best friends, and authors on a mission to help you stoke your creative fire and live the life of your dreams. We believe that purpose fuels passion and that creativity is your secret weapon for mass construction. There's never been a better time to bless the world with your dream realized. You're listening to The Kate and Abby Show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Kate and Abby Show. We're so glad you're here. Today, we're diving into an exciting topic, something that I've talked about a bit on my channel and something that we've had a lot of questions about, and that is how to write better book blurbs. So book descriptions, the thing that's going to sell your book, that's going to jump out at a potential reader and grab them and pull them into the story, make them care, make them want to read your book. The book blurb is arguably one of the most important pieces of copy you will ever write to sell your book. It's kind of like the movie trailer to a movie. It is the thing that is going to capture someone's attention and make them want to be want to read your book, make them interested in this story. So it's very important and it's easier said than done. It's very difficult to write, especially from a novelist perspective, because it's like, I, I can't condense this story into 300 words. It took me, you know, 100,000 to write this story and now I have to write it in 300 words. It's a challenge for sure. So we're going to unpack this topic in this episode. We're going to look at ways that you can make your book book blurb better, more compelling, more exciting, more interesting, and capture your reader's curiosity um, and make them want to learn more, want to pick up that book and start reading it. So we're going to kind of cover a few different aspects of this about story structure and use of power words and things like that, as well as the important, the most important parts of your blurb, what really matters to the heart and soul of your blurb, um, and just some pitfalls to avoid. So. We're going to dig into this. It's going to be super fun. And we're also going to use some examples from our own book blurbs that Kate and I have written for our own books. So if you're an indie author and you're writing your own blurb about to publish your book, this episode is definitely for you. Otherwise, even if you're just trying to write a synopsis or a query letter, this podcast will also help you to craft a compelling description for your book that will make someone interested to learn more. And I think another thing to consider too is if you feel like I'm not anywhere near that stage yet, I'm still in the in the drafting process with your book, it can, this can be a great thing to keep in the back of your mind as you're writing, because it can help you pick out those points of like, oh, mm -hmm. this is a really important aspect and maybe make yeah. note of it on the side as you're writing, as all these details about your book are fresh in your mind during the writing process, you can play with writing a blurb on the side because it's really going to help you if you're, while, while your head is in the writing process itself and you're going to need it eventually. So yeah, might as well get started now. Very true. So it's a good thing that's to have in the back of your mind. a really good point. And that's one of the things I recommend is like writing the blurb before you even write the book sometimes can be really helpful to kind of focus, like center your focus on what matters in your story the most. Um, also, if you've been around on my channel, you know that I have a whole masterclass on writing a book blurb. And in that masterclass, I share my best-selling book blurb template. And it's basically like a fill-in-the-blank template and going over like the whole structure of a blurb. So the, the three paragraphs that make a blurb, plus the call to action, lots of different examples in that class, and just different psychological principles that will help you to guide you on this path to writing your next amazing book blurb, definitely check out that masterclass. In fact, I'm going to be giving out a special discount code for listeners of the of the Kate and Abby show. So if you are a listener of the Kate and Abby show and you're here on this video, on this podcast today, listening to this right now, you can use the code Kate and Abby 
at the checkout to get 20% off my book blurb masterclass. So if you wanna, if you listen to this episode and you're like, okay, let's do it. I wanna take this to the next level and get this template and really be walked through every single step of this process, then definitely you're gonna wanna grab that masterclass and dig into that. So you can get the discount by using the code Kate and Abby at the checkout. And the link to that class will be listed below this video. So check the description, you will see the link and use the code to get 20% off. So let's start with what matters, okay? Just like when you're writing the opening hook, and this is something that Kate and I talked about last time on the podcast. So the last podcast we did was all about writing a banger opening hook for your story. And you're gonna take almost the same principles of that here into the blurb. Okay, so just like with writing the hook, the first line of the blurb should work to reveal your character's internal conflict right out of the gate, who they are before the plot starts throwing punches at them. Okay, it's really important to establish who your character is and what they're dealing with internally before we see what's gonna shove them outside their comfort zone. Because a comfort zone has to first be drawn, right? We have to draw the circle of this is the character's comfort zone and this is what matters to them now when we see something external come into their world and, and shove them outside their comfort zone or upend their lives in some way. Now we have better context for why that matters, right? We have a better understanding of who the character is. So asking yourself, what is the one clear goal that this character has been pursuing and how have obstacles, both internal and external, stood in the way of them getting it? Juxtapose this desire with the fear in as few words as possible. So that's your challenge for the hook line of your blurb. And it's a lot like writing the first chapter in that, or the first page, in that you have like five minutes to capture your reader's attention. Well, in the blurb, you basically have like one line, which is very daunting, I know. But like kind of one sentence, that's the first sentence of your blurb, that if you can encapsulate the desire and the fear and even the misbelief in one sentence or one short paragraph, that is going to do way more to capture your reader's curiosity and capture their attention and make them care about the character more so than explaining just the plot or what's gonna happen or the world that the character lives in or the history of the world. Like definitely want to avoid those things. Those are common pitfalls that I see a lot with blurbs, especially for fantasy books, sci-fi. A lot of times writers feel like, oh, I need to leave the blurb with like the setup for how the world got here and how the external events have led to this external event happening. No, we need to know who the main character is and why we should care about them. End of story. Like if you just did that at the, at the outset of your blurb, that would do way more to capture your reader's heart because it's, it's making us care. It's, we're empathizing with this character. We're not, we can't empathize with a world or a magic system or the history of like, you know, something that has happened in the past. Right. We can empathi empathize with people. And also looking at that main character, that protagonist as an anchor point. Mm. That's where we're anchoring in. Yes. This is going to be our viewpoint through which we receive this whole story, through which we are processing the events of your plot. Right. So having that anchor point from the outset, I think is so important. Otherwise we don't know Who's the main character here? Where where are we supposed to land? Through whose eyes are we seeing and processing the story as it's happening? Yeah, exactly. And that can be difficult too when you're like 
writing multiple points of view or you have like a large cast of characters but I would say start with the character that we start the story with and that we are going to like kind of filter everything through their lens even if we're switching points of view um like you and I write a lot of dual point of view multi-point of view stories but it's always like the character you want to start with in the blurb is the character we start the story with like the character we're first following and we kind of filter everything's importance based on how important it is to that character. So that's the character that I'd recommend starting with. And like Kate was saying, you know, using that as an anchor point as like everything else kind of, the importance of everything else hinges on this one character and what it means to them. Um, and that immediately captures us emotionally and makes us care about just even a very basic <laughs> conflict of desire versus fear for this character. Um, and I'd love to like stop here and give a quick example from one of our books. And I think that the blood race is a great example of this. Actually, both are a lot of all of our books blurbs are a great example of this. But this is the first book in Kate's series, the blood race trilogy. Um, and the blurb for this book, which Kate and I wrote together, um, starts with the main character's internal conflict. So Ion Jacobs is the main character. All Ion Jacobs ever wanted was to be normal. But when you're capable of killing with your very thoughts, it's hard to blend in with the crowd. So pretty simple, pretty succinct. It's just a desire versus a fear. And we have right away this juicy internal conflict of he wants to be normal, he wants to fit in, but he can't because he has these incredible powers. So we, we actually see a little bit of the plot there because a little bit of the premise is peeking through. But mostly it's about the emotion. Mostly it's about what this individual is struggling with on a personal level. You know, so it can literally be that simple. It can be all the character wants is this, but this is standing in their way. Okay, and another example of this is my new book, The Other World, which is coming out September 19th. Super excited for this book. You can pre-order it with the link below this video. But the blurb for this book also follows a similar structure where we have the hook Orca Monroe wants only one thing for her 18th birthday, to experience the other world, the mysterious mainland across the sea that her father has forbidden her from visiting. Again, simple premise. We have Orca who wants something and something standing in her way. So we have that push-pull of desire versus fear. We have something calling them, something holding them back. And when I say fear, you can see in both these examples that it is partially an internal and external thing holding them back because we have Ion with his supernatural powers that's stopping him from being living a normal life like he wants to live. We have Orca with her father who doesn't want her to go to the mainland that's stopping her from living the life she wants to live. But beyond that on a deeper level we have these characters experiencing their own misbeliefs that are really the stumbling block, you know? And as you get deeper into the blurb, which we're gonna get deeper into here as we talk about it, um, and as you get deeper into the story, you start to see what really is the stumbling block beneath the surface for these characters. It's not just an external thing stopping them. It's something internal about what they believe about themselves, and that's their fatal flaw. So, very important. Um, but you can, you can, you can, ask yourselves these questions by just focusing on, okay, what is the basic push-pull happening here? What is the basic conflict? What do they want? What are they afraid of? What's standing in their way? That's really all you need to encapsulate 
in that first hook line. Okay, next thing to remember when you're writing your book blurb is story structure. Remember your story structure. So I've taught extensively on my channel about the three-act story structure. And the reason I love this story structure so much is because it focuses on the character's journey, their internal journey that they go on throughout the course of these plot points. And if you've seen this three-act story structure before and you're like, uh, I don't see that, I invite you to check out my series on my channel, the 13-part video series um, all about the three-act story structure. And I've kind of taken it and adapted it to, to be more character-driven, honestly, um, in a way that really makes the character transformation shine. And that's the important thing that you want to be thinking about here. Because every compelling story follows a journey of change for your characters. And usually it goes something like this. The main character is internally conflicted. They desire something and their fear is standing in their way. Something happens to push them outside their comfort zone and set them on the path of their journey, where they will encounter obstacles and plot twists as they pursue their misbelief-based goal. Eventually, a disaster strikes, leaving your character hopeless and confronting their greatest fear. They must overcome their fear and crush their misbelief in order to continue to the climax and face their biggest challenge yet, therefore proving their transformation. So even if your story doesn't follow this exact flow or this exact structure, that's okay. That's 100% fine. Every story is different. Every story will have different ebbing, flowing plot points. And that's great because it makes it unique. But the thing to remember here is just like finding, identifying those pivotal moments where your character is going on a journey of change, where they're facing conflicts externally that challenge their internal conflicts. They're facing situations that challenge their beliefs and they're forced to change somehow as a result of their journey. So some of these plot points might look different or be in different places for your story and that's 100% okay. Um, what matters the most is bringing it full circle to the outcome of your character's journey. So really think about what are the most meaningful moments and I know this is the most difficult part of blurb writing because it's yeah. like you kind of want to include everything because you're like, it all matters. It's right. all important. But it's all meaningful. <laughs> and this, this yeah. component's meaningful and that side plot's meaningful and this right. character does this. And I want to yeah. name 17 people in the <laughs> yes. blurb. And yes. it can be very difficult to narrow it down and mm -hmm. figure out like, okay, what, what type of method am I using here to yes. narrow this down? Yeah, and I think it can be helpful to get even feedback for that. Like somebody who has read your book and who you trust and can tell you like, yes, I think these are the most important moments in the story and these are the moments that really have a pivotal um, impact on the plot and on the characters. It can be helpful to get a second perspective on that. Um, but basically you're trying to find those major plot points, those internal struggles. So ask yourself, what are those major plot points that your character goes through over the first half of your book? Because you're kind of leading up to the first half. Um, some people end their blurb before the halfway point. I kind of like to end around the halfway point, like the game-changing midpoint, because it's a good like cliffhanger sort of to leave off at. But I've also written blurbs like for 100 Days of Sunlight that go beyond the midpoint. So it really, is up to you to kind of feel out how much you want to reveal. You kind of want to leave your prospective reader with a question yes. hanging in the air that makes them want exactly. to know the answer, you exactly. know? Um, yeah. That's kind of like 
going back to Abby's um, comparison with movie trailers, mm -hmm. that's what good movie trailers sort of leave you hanging. Like you see some of the elements that are going to be at play. You see a little bit yeah. of the story and the characters' conflicts, but then you're left with this hanging question, and you can't wait to see what's the conclusion going to be. How are the characters going to handle that situation, etc. Right. So you yeah. want to leave so there's that, some unknowns. Yeah, that mystery element. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that they want to find out what happens. Yes. I'm, I'm sure everyone watching has seen movie trailers where it reveals too much of the story and you're like, I don't even need to watch it. Good four minute movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> it feels like it was the entire story. You don't want your blurb to do that. You don't want it to reveal so much that you're like, you feel like you read the book. Um, so I would start by making a bullet point list of each story beat that you feel is pivotal and important to the characters and then finding ways to show the deeper emotion behind each story beat. So even if you write it like a bullet point list of like this happens, then this happens to make the character go on a journey, then they make this decision. Even if you make it like super cut and dry, this bullet point list, try to find ways to describe what's happening emotionally. So like maybe write in brackets their emotional side of this. What's what's the internal side of this? What are they dealing with quietly in their own mind and heart as this is happening to them? Because that's something you're going to want to reveal in the blurb, not just what happens, but why it matters. Um, which leads us to our next point, don't be long-winded. So a blurb, generally speaking, should be somewhere between 250 to 350 words. And I know it's really hard, like I said earlier, it's very hard to limit yourself when you're a novelist, you want to write 100,000 words describing this story, and, and you did, but now is the time to summarize. Right. <laughs> summarize what those 100,000 words really are, or at least the first 50,000. Um, so another way to, another thing to think about, pitfall to avoid, is naming too many characters. Like Kate was saying earlier, like, you know, you feel like you want to name every single character. What I've found in the general rule of thumb I've seen is that three character names is like the absolute most. Once you go beyond three, it starts to get confusing. Now, if you need to name other characters, I would recommend trying to describe them instead of name them in relation to the protagonist. So maybe her father or his ex-wife, you know, whatever the character is, their relationship to the protagonist and their meaning in the story, see if you can find another way to describe them instead of giving their name. Because we don't really need to know their name a lot of times for the purposes of understanding the blurb, you know? Right. The main characters, absolute main characters, which is usually two or three, are the most important characters to name in your blurb especially if you're mentioning them more than once. If you mention a character once, you really don't have to give their name. Just try to show us their relationship to the protagonist, their mentor, their grandfather, their daughter, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, that's another way to avoid being too long-winded with your blurb. And like I said before, just taking stock of like, what are really the most important things? Are there things that we can edit out? And that's something that you can also do is that just, you can just write, <laughs> write a 500 word blurb, write a thousand word blurb if you need to, and then go through with a fine tooth comb and just try to find what are, okay, what are those unnecessary bits that right. it can sort of kill your, kill your darlings that way yeah, and <laughs> after I think, the fact. And I think a great question to ask yourself as well during the process that can kind of simplify all of this in your own mind as well 
is what elements, if you were the reader, if you were the potential reader, what element of your story would make you the most excited to read it? Mm. What element is the most compelling that like, ooh, wow, that's so cool. I want to see what happens. Or, oh, that's such an interesting idea or premise or that mystery element is like so um, enticing that I can't wait to, to pick up this book and start reading it. What what elements are at play that would make you excited to read it? And that's most likely where you're going to want to take that last paragraph and really hammer home that wonderful aspect yes. of your story and how it's how it animates you. It gets you excited. Yeah, that's that's going to be what gets your reader excited as well. Yes, a hundred percent. I think that's that's great advice, and that's something that I think we can sort of get. Um, kind of forget about that aspect of it. I know I do anyway when I'm like get super deep into writing a blurb or writing any kind of like marketing copy for a book and you kind of lose sight of like what are those things that make you really like a, a super fan of your own thing? Like so much a fan that you you wrote a book about it. Like you took hours, days, weeks, months, maybe years of your life to write this book. You're obviously really excited about what's in this book. So like, what are those elements that you're the most excited about? That's a really good thing to focus on. And I think a way that can kind of take the edge off of doing this, because it can feel kind of scary and intimidating going into it, is write a blurb for a film or a book you love for mm. fun. Like literally, like, let's say you really like Downton Abbey. Sit down and write a blurb for Downton Abbey or it's Anything else that, like, just for fun. Yeah. Just, just open a Word document. If you were writing a little blurb to get your friends to maybe watch this film or book you really like, how would you describe it? And most likely the elements that are most exciting to you will jump right out. Mm -hmm. and, and so just play with it. Write a few blurbs for things that don't matter, and it will get you sort of used to what it feels like to write in this structure and mm -hmm. to narrow down to the most important elements, cutting to the very crux of the matter with these stories. And then it might feel more natural to you when you're like, okay, now we're gonna take my story and we're going to do it. And you've already written a few for things that don't matter just for fun, just as a writing exercise. Yeah, I love that, that's a great idea. That's That would be a fantastic exercise to get those mental muscles working. Right, right. That way. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's brilliant, I love that. Um, my next point here is to use power words. So leveraging your actual language, the actual words you're using in your blurb, making the emotional side of it shine by leveraging your reader's empathy and piquing their interest. So you can find lists of power words online. These are words that just basically pack more of an emotional punch. A lot of times marketers and um, article writers will use them to capture interest more in a headline or something like that or a subject line of an email um, and there's a reason why I mean there's like psychological studies about you know different words that we use and what captures our interest more than other things but in my book blurb masterclass I actually include a pdf that is a whole list of power words my master list that I always reference when I'm blurb writing or writing any kind of marketing copy for my books and in this list, which you get when you sign up for my book blurb masterclass, it is sort of categorizing like all these words based on like the overarching emotion. So it's easier to navigate and you can kind of use it like a thesaurus, but just of like the most emotionally 
powerful, psychologically captivating words. <laughs> so that's another thing to think about. And looking for opportunities once you've written your blurb, when you go through and you're revising, you're editing, and you're making it more powerful, can you replace some of those weaker words with power words and make the emotional side of it really stand out in a way that is more dramatic? Not overly dramatic, but just really emphasizing the underlying conflict and the internal conflict of your characters. Um, and last but definitely not least, get be patient with yourself and get feedback. So blurb writing is a difficult thing and it's not for the faint of heart. So take your time, write a draft and then let it sit for a day and then come back to it the next day or even a couple days. I find that when I'm, when I'm blurb writing, I need time. I need to like write a draft of it and then let it sit, come back to it. And it usually takes me like a week, if not multiple weeks to perfect a blurb because I really want to come from a mindful perspective of this isn't just like something that is part of, you know, a, a social post or something. Yes, it will be part of social posts and, and marketing efforts in the future, but it's going to like live on your book as this representation of what the story is forever. So yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you're taking the time being patient with yourself and not just like knuckling down in one sitting like this has to be perfect. I have to write right. it perfectly in one sitting because that just won't happen. Um, and think about it too from the perspective of this is your opportunity to let your readers know why you're asking them to spend their time with your book. Mm -hmm. You're explaining this is why in so many words, this is why I think this book is a worthy investment of your time and energy instead of doing something else. Yeah. So this is really an invitation. You're, you're showing off the best elements and giving the best reasons for why this book is going to be a valuable and um, worthy spend of their time reading yeah. it. Yeah, very true. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a great thing to keep in mind. Right. So it's not even just about like, what is this book about? It's like, why should someone read it? Why should someone right. spend time reading your book instead of like the hundreds of thousands of millions of other books right. out there? Yeah. What's different? What's going on here? What makes this special and something that your reader or viewer is going to walk away with mm -hmm. changed maybe yeah. in perspective or maybe in life? Like, what is it going to give to them? Yeah. What's it going to offer them? About. Yeah, I love that. That's a great prompt. And getting feedback, I think, is really, really important. And that's something that I always do for my blurbs is getting feedback to have like a fresh perspective on what your strong points are, what the weak points are. And for me, my, my first feedback person is always Kate, <laughs> always reads my blurbs and helps me to make them better. And I think this, this um, collaboration is really good because it helps you to kind of get this second perspective on what you have written and recognize from a reader's point of view or somebody else's point of view, what are those points that really shine? What are the weaker points? What are the points that kind of um, feel a little bit less necessary? And like you were saying earlier about the, you know, what is the aspect that makes you really excited about the book? 
like that was something that you really helped me with with the right. um blurb for the other world because i was focusing more towards the end of that blurb my first draft of it i was focusing more on the decision that orca makes to leave her island in the book um kind of focusing on this choice being the impossible choice moment but you kind of helped me to see that that actually isn't the most like juicy exciting part of the story and that there's actually this other focal point that the story focuses on between her relationship with the two Stevenson brothers that really kind of opens more conflict and opens the door to a bigger conflict even than the decision that she makes to leave her lighthouse. And so even though both of those conflicts in the story are very present and very um, important. important, one has a little bit more of an emotional punch because it brings all the characters together rather than just focusing on the one character. So I feel like as the reader, I was thinking about like what, I, I, I literally was just asking myself, like what part of the story was like the most exciting and interesting yeah. and addictive to me. Yes. And it was, you know, okay, wow, the premise that this girl who brought the brothers together could also be the very thing that tears them apart. Yes. And that conflict that yeah. engulfs all three of the characters right. is like so, like you just want to know what happens next. Right. It's and it's Right a bigger, away. It's a bigger question, mm. you know, because you kind of know based on, you know, the book, the book title and the blurb, you kind of know that Orca will eventually get to the other world. So it's not really as big of a question as like what's going to happen with their relationships, with the relationships between these three characters. How is that going to either be torn apart or come back together? Is it going to be, you know, unfixable? And how is that conflict going to be resolved? So I feel like that is a juicier, more layered, interesting question. And I think that's the the focus to to think about when you're writing your blurb as far as ending on a question. What's the best question to end on? Right. Like, what is the most powerful question to end on? What is the question that's gonna really make people like, I have to know the answer. Can they guess the answer? <laughs> if they can't guess the answer, it's probably a really good question. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah very well said. Because a lot of times your book is going to have multiple conflicts going on. It's probably not just one individual conflict. There's probably a lot of different things going on. So you have to kind of pick and choose like, well, which which one gets the headline? Yeah. You know, yes. which one are we shining the spotlight on? And yeah. is that the most compelling one? And mm. I feel like there's maybe this belief that in the blurb, you're sort of writing up to that first question mark and mm. stopping there even if it's not the biggest question mark well do we want to do that some cases yeah mm. in other cases maybe not like in the case of right. the other world um through discussions and stuff we were talking about how that well wait there's actually an even bigger question mark right yeah so um or in the case of the blood race how you know the the first line is sort of not even leaving you up to like a certain point, but it's like kind of more of an overarching struggle throughout the whole book. So taking time to look at the different aspects of your book, where are the biggest question marks? Where are the juiciest plot points? Where are the most exciting moments? And, yes. and what would make a reader just absolutely 
super eager on the edge of their seat. They can't wait to pick up this book and start reading. Yeah. They want to get that question answered. Yeah. And what would that be for you? Don't even think about it in terms of like, hmm, what would make my readers want to read this? What would make you want to read it? Yeah. Always make it about you. Make it about what, like, okay, if I was sitting here reading this, what aspect of my story would make me want to read it? And maybe the answer is whatever aspect of your story made you want to write it. Mm. Yeah. So what was that defining moment where you had that idea and you were like, oh, you know what could happen is this. Yeah. I have to write this thing. That might be the thing yeah. that needs to go in this final paragraph mm -hmm. that will make your readers say the same thing except, oh my gosh, I have to read this book. Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I love that. That's brilliant. Yeah, so it, these are things that sometimes you can only see through collaboration and yeah. getting a second perspective. Yeah, and know? a fresh set of eyes, especially yeah. if you've been working on it, working on it, it's hard to take a step back and see yeah. it with a, um, like a non-biased point of view. Yes, yeah, so true. It's, it's yeah, once you get into blurb writing, it's like, I've looked at this so much, I just like nothing else exists. Throw it out the it's window. terrible. <laughs> yeah. So, so to recap everything we talked about, Start with the character's internal conflict. Use story structure, your existing story structure, to guide the blurb, guide the flow of the story. Keep it short and sweet. Don't name too many characters. <laughs> Don't get stuck on too many unnecessary details. Use emotionally compelling power words wherever you can. And take your time and get feedback. Very important. If you want to take your blurb to the next level and you want like an actual step-by-step fill-in-the-blank template to writing a powerful blurb, this is the template that I use constantly. I like go back to it over and over again because it's just a tried and true formula. And I have put together an entire masterclass around this template so that I can teach it to you and show you how to take it and use it, not just for one book, but for like every single book you will ever write. Can have a amazing, powerful, brilliant blurb and description that will sell your book not only to potential readers but also maybe to potential publishers if you're using it as a query letter or something like that um and really highlighting all of the emotional aspects of the blurb not just what happens but why what happens matters to the characters and i talk about this all the time on my channel with your actual story but it's a whole different ball game when you're writing the blurb because you're really condensing so much into very few words. So it's it's a challenge. And that's why I made this masterclass, how to write a best-selling book blurb, so that it can kind of walk you through this process step-by-step. Step. And I hold your hand through the whole process, show you side-by-side -side examples, and give you the template, the list of power words, lots of good resources in that masterclass. So if you want to dive deeper into this topic and start the class, I will link it below this video. We will leave the link and you can use the discount code Kate and Abby at the checkout to get 20% off the course. So I hope to see you over there and I think you'll really enjoy it. I think it will be um, the next step in your publishing journey, whether you're going indie or traditional, whatever is the next step for your book, I think it will be really valuable to you. So check that out. Link is in the description box below this video and make sure you use the code Kate and Abby to get 20% off. And if you want to check out any of our books that we mentioned, such as yes. The Blood Race and The Other World, which is coming out very soon, you can actually go pre-order it now. And we will link that below in the video version of the podcast as well. So if you're, yes. on, if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to find that right below this video. You'll be able to find all my books too. 
including the free prequel anomaly to start my entire series of blood rays make sure you go pre-order abby's book it comes out on september 19th yeah, and if you're like i fast. can't wait i need to read some <laughs> emma and sister content you can binge katie's entire series it's yeah, all of these books, books are books. yeah six six, six books, books six books yeah Amazing. So yeah, and make sure if you out. want, me and Abby are in the process of co-writing a series. So if you want to get on the waiting list for that, you can find the link to that too. It's a mailing list that's special for updates about that series that we're writing together. So if you want to be one of the first to know about when we start talking about publishing that, <laughs> make sure you're on that list. Yes, it'll be awesome. Yay, so excited. Thank you guys so much for being here. Drop a comment in the in the comment section below and tell us what you thought of this episode. Join the discussion. We love to hear from you guys. We would love to hear what your takeaways are from this whole discussion about book blurbs and maybe what what are some of your favorite book blurbs? What are some books that like when you pick them up and you read the blurb, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to read this book. Can you study those blurbs and actually like formalize it and figure out like what is the science behind what made me care? that really can help you so much when it comes to writing your own blurb. Thank you again to our amazing patrons as well who support this show and keep it free of interruptions. We love you guys so much. If you wanna support this show and also get access to monthly live hangout sessions with me and Kate, you can go to patreon.com slash the Kate and Abby show to sign up. You can join at any level, get access to those live streams and help support the show. We appreciate you guys so much. Until next time, stay stoked and rock on.